0: Well, hey guys, welcome to the Bony Soul podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, let's see, opening monologue, monologue. I had a couple things I want to talk about. Eh, nothing, nothing too drastic. Just uh, turkey season is over. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I've said that before. I uh, can't remember. I don't think I have, but maybe I did. Turkey season's over. Didn't say anything. Saw two hens. Um, one distant gobble, no shots, but a ton of stump shooting, which was, uh, a lot of fun because I only got out like four or five times and I was able to stump shoot with broadheads, uh, and small game heads and broadheads and stuff with both the Elkhart and the Pacific stick and just loving it. And what a ton of fun that is. Um, lots of confidence, It built lots of confidence in my setup and, uh, my ability to, uh, shoot those bows and in various situations and. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of fun. I love stump shooting. So that was a ton of fun. Um, other than that, nothing, nothing else really on the horizon. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I might try and go bowfish. I want to try and find a couple places. I don't know where to go and I don't know where the legalities are of just, cause I'm going to have to do it from shore. I don't have a boat. Uh, So I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to just try it. I want to make it my goal to to kind of try a couple new things and And bow fishing is is one of them. I have all the setup. I have all the gear I just was have never been able to go and uh, I need a place to go is basically I would need so my my, my goal is to find out where I can go um, legally (laughs) and uh, And and just kind of try to make that happen, so um, It is what like June? God, June sixth, seventh, or whatever. Today's D-Day. Yeah, June sixth today, uh, as I'm recording this. And um, yeah, the start of summer. I'm already dreaming. Like I said, as soon as as soon as Turkey season ended, I I my I mentally checked out. So I am um, basically in impatient waiting mode, waiting for uh, deer season and small game season stuff to open up again. Basically middle of September is what I'm waiting for. You know, I, 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 despise the summer and I just, I can't wait for it to be over, even though it's barely just started. So, uh, I suppose I have to do it cause you know, to live in, you know, polite society, because for some reason everybody likes the summer and they detest the cold and I'm just an outcast cause I'm complete opposite. But, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, to the guest, I guess. So, today's guest is someone i've wanted to have on for you know a long long time now and I'm finally super excited to be able to to talk to him it's tim nebel from the push um tim and i contacted each other i contacted him like man many many months back even like late last year mid last year or whatever and we've just never been able to to hook up time wise or whatever and then finally uh he was uh we were able to talk the other night and it was it was awesome it was it was great um I've always wanted to kind of get to know him a little bit better. You know, you kind of, you kind of sort of think, you know, you listen to people all the time, and you kind of sort of think you you know them, but you really don't, you know. And um, I thought this would, this would be a great idea to just, uh, you know, get a little more on his background and and, and just dive more deep, you know, deeply into you know, his hunting and how he hunts and, you know, setups and motivations and, you know, how the whole, you know, how he got into, you know, traditional hunting and how he got into, you know, doing this whole thing with the push, you know, the push with Matt and how that all started and, you know, just the backstory about all that stuff and just diving more, you know, just deeper into, you know, the story of Tim. So that was really, really cool. Super awesome conversation. And of course, he's going down this ASL, uh, rabbit hole as well too so we geeked out over you know um the you know hill style bows and and the pacific stick that he's ordering and, and things like that so that was that was a ton uh, a ton of fun conversation but we talked about a whole lot more than that and I'm, I'm really glad really glad we got to do that i hope we get to do that again in the future so um Obviously, if you're listening to this, you know who Tim is and the push are and all that stuff. You know where to find those guys, but you know the pusharchery.com, the push podcast, the YouTube channel, all that stuff. Go follow those guys if you don't already. The Facebook group, um, just super knowledgeable bunch of uh, and, and positive bunch of people. They don't really they don't really put up with any negativity and BS over there on that Facebook group, which is uh, which is great. Um, it's 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 good to see. It's, it's kind of refreshing. So um, yeah, I guess uh, without any further ado, here's my interview with Tim Nebel. Ooh,
1: now it shut mine off when you did that
0: did it yeah that was weird well and your voice got louder too really it did yeah it came it came in a little more clearer i mean not that it wasn't clear before but it came in a little bit like just like louder volume wise well that's cool yeah so we have the great the great tim neville on Morning Soul Podcast, this this is this
1: is, should be there,
0: dude. <laughs> I, this is this is like uh, um, like podcasting royalty. I have now, you know, because you're you're one of the you're you're not one of the OGs, but you're one of the new school OGs. Hmm. You guys, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I you think know the it, yeah it makes sense to me. You guys you guys were spearheading the um, the latest uh, charge of uh, either you know. Being a bunch of infidels in the traditional archery world, or uh, <laughs> or introducing, or are doing good in and <laughs> introducing a whole new breed to uh, to being able to shoot these things accurately. Yeah, they were <laughs> when we got started. I think we did our first podcast in twenty
1: seventeen, maybe. I think that sounds right, but at, at that time there were only trad podcast wise. You had Jason Sim Kobiak and Trad Geeks, and I think that was about it. Yeah, and since then, I mean, there's probably I can name off like five or six that have come on since then, and I freaking love it. I love it because it's got to
0: be more than that. I mean, it's you guys, it's me, it's Jason, obviously, it's uh, TradQuest. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Broken Arrow. Um, you know, Perimeter Pursuit, uh, Traditional Outdoors. You know, shout out to all those guys. I know yeah. I'm know I'm going to be missing, you know, um, Stickball Chronicles. You know, yeah, um, sure I'm going to be missing missing some. So yeah, it, it's it's been great, you know, because, um you know, I I got into this just because I wanted to like talk to people. You know, like this is never meant to be like a business for me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, it's so like, isn't it isn't it cool? Like in 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 this just social media in general, right, where you can just kind of reach out to people, whether they're like icons or heroes of yours or legends and whatever or like owners of companies or whatever, and you can actually get a hold of them and you can actually talk to them, you know, like one on one. And Mm it's 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 something you haven't been able to do for, I don't know, for for the for the longest time in history, right? I mean, like like if you're into if you're into soft drinks, I mean, do you think you're gonna be able to, you know, call up Coca-Cola and and talk to the head of Coca-Cola, you know? No yeah, but it, it'd be like if you were at a an NFL football game and you were
1: just a just a fan, right? And you jumped out of the the stadium seats and you ran onto the field and you started talking to players, they would tackle <laughs> you. Right? they would tackle you, put you in cuffs. but right. if the same fan jumped over the the railing and, and walked on the field and they had a press badge on, that they'd be fine. Everyone wanted you know they would everybody would want to do interviews and speak to them. and that's essentially what having a podcast is, right? It's a press sure. badge.
0: Yeah, pretty much, basically, you know, so so, so speaking of which, okay, so, you know, um, I, I don't have near the, the listenership that you do. So you're in a safe space here, Tim, right? I'm going to ask you this, right? So not not many people will hear this, but um, isn't it true that you are the mastermind and the brainchild, the real brains behind the push, and Matt is just the pretty face? Um, True or not? No, not true. No? <laughs> not true. I, I, no, because is... I think he's just like the pretty boy, like like face, because I mean, the dude's got I mean, he's got like 14 kids, right? I mean, he's doing something right. Like, so he's got, to, you know, <laughs> I think I think
1: my my uh, colleague would agree that the the push would not exist without either one of us. If something were to happen, God forbid, to one or the other, I, I don't think it could stand with, with the one that was left. Because we, him and I talk about this all the time, like whether we're scheming about podcasts or online courses or, you know, just all, all the different things that go into what has become our brand over the last, geez, probably six, yeah, six or seven years now. Um, we just, we we have a really good working relationship, him and I, we're constantly challenging each other on things and i think that's why uh that's why we've made it this far and and, you know built the brand that we have because nothing is ever um just kind of like pushed over as far as you know what what ideas we're gonna work out or you know bring to market or or you know spend more time on everything
0: now i think there we go okay all right we're back we're back so i i yeah i i think uh i don't know the gods the 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 archery gods didn't like it when when i said that matt was the 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 pretty boy behind uh, the 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 pretty face behind the push
1: i don't know how much of that it it actually recorded but i felt (laughs) like i was rambling and i i could have said that a lot better than i was how much (laughs) of that did you hear
0: I didn't hear any of it. It, it just kind of shut off. It just kinda oh shut good. Off. And he said, "I don't think so." No, but I, I was I was I was kind of busting on you guys. But um, I mean, for, for real though, I mean, you guys you guys like make like a like a really good team over there, and um, you know, I think we know more. At least I do. Anyway, it seems like about kind of like like Matt's history and kind of what he does and all that stuff. But I mean. I don't know all that much like, as far as like, like, what do you do for like, like real life and all that stuff? And, and like, how, how does it, how, how did it tie into, uh, creating this, uh, you know, th- this brand? I mean, how, how did the whole, you know, Tim, Tim getting into this, getting involved in this kind of come about?
1: So at the time, whenever, whenever the, the push started in, in 2016, um, I did not do any kind of videography for a living or anything yet, but I I was starting to like film hunts and stuff with with a buddy of mine that that lived here locally. Um, We would do a lot of like switching off and on, you know, two guys in a tree stand doing like buddy sets and he would film one day, I would film the next day and just getting really into DSLRs at that point. We went on a hunt, I'm speaking of my buddy Adam Jablonski and I, we went on a hunt with uh, the, it was was actually in North Dakota at a place called Central Dakota Lodge, and we got to hunt for a week with the guys from Heartland Bowhunter, and if you know anything about those guys, they're super into cameras and cinematography and just, um, you know, really high quality uh, film hunts, basically. On TV, and you know, really just got to pick their brains for a week and, and learned a lot, and just kind of came away from that week um, possessed, you know, just really inspired as far as filming hunts and and how to try to, you know, try and up that game from that standpoint. But um, a couple years after that, um, you know, Matt and I kind of reconnected, and and he got me uh, started in, in the trad game. You know, I was a compound guy forever, and and he kind of. Uh, took me under his wing when I was getting started, and really sped up my learning curve, and you know kept me from making a lot of mistakes that I would have otherwise made. And at, at the end of that, not not the end, but like halfway through that journey, you know, I said to him, "Man, you should just, you know, in order to save yourself, sometimes you don't have to spend so many so much time on the phone with you know other guys that want to get into this. You should just write a book or." you know, some kind of like pamphlet that you could hand to people or because at the time he was really well known around the area that we grew up. So we grew up in the same town and Matt was really well known in that area for uh, either converting people to traditional archery or just getting people started right off the bat that, that had interest in it. Like if you wanted to get into it, you called Matt Zernzak and he would, yeah. you know, he would, lend you his dvds he would you know tell you what videos to watch he would have you over to his house to shoot all of his bows you would figure out which one fits you best he was the guy to go to for that kind of stuff locally and you know i suggested the book thing and and you know he said well you're really into filming lately you know you're you're getting pretty good at filming you know starting to learn how to do that kind of stuff why don't we just get together and film you know a little like hour-long video 45 minute video and Put it up on YouTube and then I can just send it to people like and in, it's in, in still at the at the, the time We were just thinking local people, you know our buddies from high school and, and college and whatnot And you know, we were just gonna forward this YouTube link to these guys and just kind of have it You know, just serve them from there and save Matt Sometimes so we wouldn't have to have all these people over to his house all the time. Sure so um, you know, that that's kinda how I got into it. Just I don't wanna go too far off your question there, but we filmed that video thinking it was gonna be only our local buddies that watched it and you know, fast forward uh six years here we're approaching two million views on that video on YouTube. But it's just I know it's and it's created just a... some, you know, a monster that we we really truly did not intend to create in the beginning, I don't think.
0: Did it take you guys by like surprise when it when it took off like it did? Um I, I think it did yeah I, I we, we expected it it kind of had
1: a little bit of a slow start but then you know how sometimes those videos work is they they the view uh numbers don't increase linearly anymore It kind of like becomes like exponential yeah uh views um you know I think it has to do with the YouTube algorithm they they start suggesting it to people more often and you know depending on what they search for it's it's it pops up like you cannot get something that we try a lot um if we're in like a a hotel or you know on a on a work computer or work tv or something that's like doesn't have any of our search history on it if you type in traditional archery or traditional bow hunting like it, it always pops up yeah and it's i think it's you know the youtube algorithm and just just how long it's been around i think you know that it uh explains the view count on that video but yeah,
0: yeah, you're, you're right. Because because for a while, I mean, it got popular, and then it was you know hovering in like the three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, and then you know all of a sudden, like you said, like boom, it's like you know one point five mil or whatever it is now, and it's like holy shit, you know, it just exponentially exponentially went up. So something yeah. happened there, you know. It's it's I think if I don't know, we're we're all trying to figure out the algorithms, I suppose. You know, anybody that yeah. puts anything out on YouTube, but yeah, no, it, it's it's um it's it's been a, it's been it's been amazing. I mean, it's been a great help for. You know, shit. A lot of people. It's been a great help to me. It was one of the very, you know, first things I watched when I was getting into um, traditional. You know, the, absolutely. Um, and it, it, it kind of like common sense laid out. You know, that these things aren't aren't magic. You know, they're magical, but they're not magic. You know, nothing's as, as far as. Uh, you know how these uh, how these bows work and how these arrows fly and and, and why they do what they do in the tra- tra- trajectories and how to be accurate and you know i mean i won't even go down the whole rabbit hole of like you know people like you know protesting that's ah, not the way to shoot a bow or you know what i mean but mm-hmm. um i think i think the positives like seems like way outweigh you know like like the negative naysayers out there
1: yeah there, there was there was certainly a group of people out there that um you know, took a two-hour video about uh, you know just a bunch of different things or dozens and dozens of different facets of traditional archery in that video, and they took it as it's a fixed crawl video.
0: It's a fixed crawl video, <laughs> well, exactly. They came yeah, up I mean, with this stuff, this BS.
1: <laughs> like, first of all, we never you know we never claimed to invent or to invent the fixed crawl, and that's maybe one tenth of the entire video, and that's yeah. that's your takeaway from it, but. Yeah, it's, it's all good, man. I mean, it's, um, you know, I think it it's it served its purpose. It, you know, has far exceeded anything that we ever dreamed it would do. Um, at one point, a couple of years ago, we, Matt and I had a conversation about putting out a, a, a part two, like a push 2.0 <laughs> video, like things we've learned since then. But I think that just, just our brand in general is kind of a 2.0 to that. You know, we're always trying to put out new information to help people, you know, speed, speed up their learning curve and just help them become more proficient, whether it's at a tournament or, you know, competition or in the woods. So, um, yeah. just kind of staying on that path.
0: So are you still, um, so is, so is that your main thing now is the videography then? Um, speaking of the videography part of it, is that, is that what you do like full time or?
1: Yeah, it, it is. So since, uh, 2018, so I, I own a small, uh local production company it's myself and uh, my business partner here locally we do do a lot of uh, commercial work for local businesses like banks and hospitals we do a lot of stuff for local hospital uh, a couple insurance companies um, local chamber of commerce things like that so Hmm. always video work a lot of photo stuff but um, not necessarily archery archery related stuff so
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, interesting. yeah. And I, and I, I know you've done um, some stuff for, uh, uh, South Cox too. Right. I mean, you went on a, on a hunt mm-hmm. with him a few years back and, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know him, you know, I've never really spoken to him, but I mean, it sounds like, um, and this is a compliment to you. Like, it sounds like whoever he chooses to go on those things, like, like he's very particular about how he his videos are right. Uh, at, at least that's the way it comes out as far as like they have a certain look and a certain feel. And I would assume that you know what you're doing if he chose you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think
1: sometimes it's whoever he could talk into going along with him.
0: <laughs> See, here's I was trying to pump you up here, but no, but yeah. I mean, like, but you know what I mean, though, right? I mean, everyone, everyone that puts out like that kind of like bigger content, bigger kind of longer sh- uh, like uh, videos, movies, whatever, um, they have a look and a certain look and feel you know, uh, to them, you know what I mean? And it's it's usually. Um, you know you, you can tell it's like professionally done
1: yeah well, i appreciate that man yeah it's um
0: yeah he you know his
1: movies for i mean geez for long before that that i actually started doing them for him they were always inspirational to me i mean i, I don't think i would be doing what i'm doing had he, had he not been putting those out beforehand but um you're, you're talking about the look and the feel i think the feel is the more important thing there rather than the look for his um one thing that he's always really big on is just inspiring people you know he wants to to he wants these pieces to make people feel like they were on the mountain with him you know not just watching a piece on the outdoor channel where he slays a giant buck you know that you feel like you're sitting on your couch he actually wants you to feel like you're on the hunt with him. so that's something that that i've tried to keep in mind both when i've been up there with him a couple times and you know back home in the editing room too it's it's always got to be like you know a very immersive experience and you know, i think you do that with music choice and you know uh different filming techniques too and just the way that he's just uh he's a very gritty dude he's um you hear him on podcasts you know if, if you listen to South, that's another traditional entry podcast mm-hmm, South's yep. podcast but um he's a very happy-go-lucky dude like you talk to him on the phone or on shows you know he's very very happy positive dude everything's fine he's positive on the mountain too but when you're actually with him for 10 days at a time and you know there's you're experiencing the highs and lows it's he's uh he's one of those guys that can definitely reach deep down and grab you know that last little bit of of grit and determination that it takes to come out on top and that's that's a pretty rare thing so he's uh definitely somebody i look up and, to
0: and he's he, he's got to start shooting elk like farther than five yards because <laughs> there's two videos now right like the last one he put out was like you know how it is with youtuber i'm like didn't i just watch this like is this the yeah. same one it's like no no this is another one that's like literally five steps away and i'm like oh this is a new video <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean even that and like the mule the mule he shot too I think if you take the average over the last 10 years, the average shot distance that he's had on game, it's got to be, it's most definitely sub 20 yards for sure. Wow. Maybe even sub 10.
0: And, and and that's saying something for like Western hunting, right? I mean, we always hear about like, I've never been out, you know, but we always hear about like longer shots, you know, um, you know, like 10, 10 and under is what we, you know, what, what you know, you, you and I would probably like set up for like you know midwest whatever, but um the as close as he gets on on some of these things it's, it's pretty incredible
1: yeah it really it's it's kind of shocking too when you see it firsthand it's when he's you know getting literally you could jump off the rock on top of these mule deer and ride them like a horse like a rodeo bull and it's <laughs> when you see it firsthand it's like holy crap dude it's it's very, you just made the connection between whitetail hunting. Like it's very, I would definitely uh, equate it to being set up, you know, five yards from a trail that you expect a big buck to come down. Like, you know, that it's when you have that encounter, it's going to be in your face and and pretty intense. So that's the way he likes to do it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty inspiring. So, um, you know, coming back to you. So, I mean, you, you've had like a fair amount of success since, since, you know switching to um you know traditional right um you know you shot a you shot a doe last year the year before you shot a pretty big giant buck you just recently shot a a turkey as well right i shot the turkey
1: a couple weeks ago but that was with a 12 gauge so it doesn't count oh
0: okay 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 yeah. That's, peer that's pressure. Good.
1: It was it Drew, <laughs> Drew Kohoffer, and Ian Kohoffer with the peer pressure with the shotgun that morning. I have oh, no really? problem shooting turkeys with a shotgun. I think that they're made to be hunted that way. I was telling those guys that morning. Um, so I, I shot that bird with Ian and Drew Kohoffer. Um, There's so, like I I love turkey hunting with a bow. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's really cool to sit in the blind and call them right into your decoys and they're hopping on every decoys and you shoot them. I've done that um once yeah one time and it was awesome and I love hunting that way but when you're actually crawling through the weeds like Vietnam style with a 12 gauge and you're like it's on a different level and and at the end of the hunt like it it you know the the grand finale is a giant boom from the 12 gauge and, and the animal's right in your face like it's I don't know dude it's I think they're meant to be hunted like that, not, not taking anything away from guys that are killing them with longbows and recurves. Like, that's super cool. The compounds too, but I don't think much equates to shooting a turkey at 10 yards in the face with a 12 gauge.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I, I could see that. I, that's part of the, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm 0 for, well, this year, I, I, shit, I saw like two turkeys, all, all both hens, all, all. Season. Mm-hmm. I only went out like four or five times though, like midday, you know, for a few hours. But um, yeah, I'm like 0 for three as far as actual shots on them. One was a compound, two was with um, uh, my bows, well, with with uh, my recurves and yeah, that... yeah, both of them. Anyway. But, um, yeah, but I I was, I'm trying to do it like Kirk Cabrera style, you know, ghillie suit, you know, behind some deadfall kind of thing. And Mm I almost got it done, you know, the year, the year before, I mean, I I hit my decoy on the way to the Turkey, but, um, yeah, it's a ton of fun, but this year was kind of frustrating because I, I hardly saw any, I mean, I I literally saw one, I was sitting on in, in one parking lot at a WMA, um, looking on 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 x to see if i was going to go into that spot or not or go try somewhere else and a hen like walks across the gravel parking lot right as i'm sitting in my car like (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm like okay all right that's 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 number one for the year and i think i saw one more after that but it's you know i I don't know maybe i just all I, i hit all the normal spots um that i've had like encounters or called them in or shots on or whatever in the last like five years that there's like, these are like quote unquote not not give me spots but like there's gonna be turkeys there not a single turkey mm-hmm. in any of these spots i mean like five six seven i mean different spots easily nothing you know mm-hmm. i just just blew my mind but then other people are saying oh yeah it's it's been a record year for minnesota because you know i'm I'm like well we're hearing all this stuff about like uh are the numbers down kind of you know nationally of course like locally you know it, it, it's all different kind of thing but you know, they're saying, nope, you know, the numbers were, you know, record harvest. I'm like, well, OK, really good for them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I it's 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 rare that I don't hear, you know, I only heard one gobble, one distant gobble, like opening morning on the other side of the river. Like, I don't know, like about, like a half a mile away or whatever. And other than that, haven't you know, not that they gobble much midday because I only like I said, I only went out the one actual morning morning. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I got a lot of stump shooting in, though. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> they I actually think, yeah. our numbers were down so much that they actually the state, uh, Ohio, the state actually dropped our tags to, you used to be able to kill two this year you could kill one so okay. they cut our tags in half and it's dude, I'm I'm seeing the same thing like you used to see um, even in the winter time you'd see them grouped up you'd see a group of, it'd be nothing to see a group of 20, 30 birds in the winter time and now you see like 3, 4 Yeah. but I think it's I think for us, it's, I don't know if it's like a habitat loss thing for us. I think habitat's pretty much the same in our area here, but I think it's, we've had some pretty rough winters the last two years in a row here. We've had, um, a span of like two weeks where it's, it's been cold. It's, we've had some snow and then we get a giant ice storm and everything is frozen over for like two weeks
0: we've yeah. had that
1: the last two winters in a row. I think that kills a lot of
0: birds. Because they um, can't peck through the, the ice layer to the to the ground?
1: Yeah, I think they just can't find anything to eat. And they're, yeah. you know, here you go. It's six degrees, no, not six, but it's like 15 degrees and you got to go two weeks without food. And I think a lot of birds die when that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus our predator numbers are, it seems like they're up. I have more pictures of uh, gray fox on my cameras right now and coyotes and bobcats than I've ever had ever really and that's got to be that's got to be doing a number on them i haven't seen any polts at all this year so far me neither
0: normally I, I normally yeah exactly
1: yeah so i don't know i i wouldn't be surprised if if in another four or five years that they either started limiting tags or cutting the seasons down or something i don't know mm-hmm. so but
0: yeah i i see um i i don't know i'm, I'm not know i am a wanted to just start blaming coyotes just, just because they're, you know, they're, they're easy to blame, but, um, in several of the, um, kind of, you know, well-known areas that I would go to, uh, one in particular, I mean, I could almost hopscotch the entire way down the trail on, uh, coyote, coyote turds, you know, one after the other, I mean, they're almost like every, every like 10 steps basically. And I'm like, I've, I've never seen that much coyote scat. Um, just, it, 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 you know, as much as I have this year. I mean, it was, it was to the point where I was actually like noticing, like I always notice it, but it was almost like, Oh my God, like more and more. And they're like big, you know, I'm like, Holy crap. Mm-hmm. You know, what's this is, um, like I, I can definitely tell that their, their numbers are up. I just don't know if they're actually affecting turkeys or not, or if I'm just out at, you know, the wrong time, wrong place kind of thing. So
1: mm-hmm. I don't know,
0: but you know, I, I did get, um, like I said, a benefit of that is, um, because I I love I love stump shooting, right? So, I got a lot of stump shooting in this year. I was able to do it, you know, with broadheads because you're walking around and you're turkey hunting, right? And I'm trying to do the run and gun kind of thing and moving around, especially if I have like limited time. I'm trying, you know, I'm moving, right? I'm not just going to sit there. If I don't see anything or hear anything, I'm I'm going to move and move and move and move and then of course, you know, I got this, I got this new bow and then, you know, I, I kind of alternated between, you know, the elk card and the uh, Pacific stick and stuff. And man, I got, you know, I'm able, I'm able to shoot broadheads and, and kind of real world practice, you know, mm-hmm. and that was like, like really, really beneficial. And of course you always stumble on like new, new deer spots and stuff too. So. Oh uh, yeah. 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 It was a Most, ton of fun.
1: most turkey hunts of mine turn into a, a mushroom trip or a deer scouting trip by yeah. 8am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was fun, but I mean, our season's over are we, we get, um, we get a fall Turkey tag too, and that's an either sex tag, uh, in mm-hmm. October. So if you haven't shot one, we only get one a year, like total, right? So if you haven't shot anything in, in the spring season, you can get a fall Turkey tag. Now, last year I was, out like deer hunting or whatever. And it was kind of midday scouting, moving around, moving around. And I just, I walked up literally like within like seven, eight yards of like three hens. They were just like, like standing there. I mean, like easy, 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 like pot shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, of course I didn't have a tag and then I went and bought a tag and I came back, you know, the next day or the day later and I never found those hens again, but it's mm-hmm. just one of those things when, you know, when, when you have a tag, you, you literally can like, I can almost reach out and like poke them with the, with, with, with the tip of the longbow, <laughs> yeah, you know, and they just, you know, they, they kind of knew I was there and I did a little bit of a sneak, but I did, I'd almost damn near walked up on them. But, um, yeah, when you have a tag, it's, uh, they're not there, but that's fine. I mean, all, all these experiences are just, that's why, that's why I like it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I just, I just love doing that. I just love just, just being out and learning new things. And, um, you know, I, I think I've gotten to be a better woodsman and a better hunter it's just I'm I'm not a, a, a I am i am not I can not be at the right times that I need to be just because of you know dad life and work life and all that stuff you mm-hmm. so know I'm kind of relegated to midday you know 10 to 2 10 to 2 30 kind of thing weekdays and that's 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 kind of my been my my limitations for the past you know a couple of years but you know I'm trying to make the best of it I can but you know that's that's me but but you so you're I mean you, you do you do mostly private right? I mean you you've got you've got you've got some some farm you got a farm that you kind of you you work on and you cultivate it and you guys are doing a lot of like management and stuff on there you know kind of tell me about that.
1: Um I do probably I would say Probably sixty percent private and forty percent public. Now I, I I lost a couple properties the last two years that that I had uh, they you know kind of been main properties that I hunted, but I lost permission on those places. So now I'm kind of like uh, probably even closer to fifty fifty. I live really close to a giant piece of public. Um, there's actually eighteen thousand acres of, of public, less than a couple miles from the house. So it's kind of hard not to hunt it, but. Uh, my dad and I, <clears throat> my dad and I lease a farm that is uh, kind of adjacent to some of that public. So we, we have a, a couple little food plots on there and, you know, try to do some management on there, but uh, it's kind of hard because it's right up against the public and you can't really, mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, you know, you'll be sitting in your stand and you'll see guys that are actually on the public, um, you know, on the, on the, right on the property line. So we try not to get too stressed out about stuff like that, but. But it produces some pretty pretty good bucks. Um, dad has shot five. Dad shot five bucks off of that farm the last five years in a row, oh. um, all on opening day. <laughs> yeah. So it's pre- it's a pretty amazing stat. But um, I kind of try to just kind of stay out of there and monitor it, and you know make sure that the clovers mowed or whatever we're planting in there. Last year we planted turnips in there and I think that definitely helped out uh, late season I had a lot of deer in there late season too but I kind of just stay out of that farm until dad um, you know is done there which hasn't taken more than a day lately but um, but yeah I, I do some hunting there and and a lot of the public stuff around here is uh, it's old strip mine ground it was strip mine like 20 years ago yeah. some of it a little further than that uh, ago but it's different kind of property there are a lot of like high walls I don't know if you're if you're familiar with that kind of stuff being from where you are but um big you know steep high walls like you'll have like a 200 foot drop off just a rock wall and then there's oh, strip, yeah. strip ponds everywhere and spoil pits and a lot of not the prettiest looking ground but uh ground that can definitely hold bucks just because it's it's kind of hard to get to a lot of spots are kind of um you know off the beaten path a little bit and overlooked and and um, <clears throat> just kind of have to try and get away from people as much as you can. But it, it, a lot of the public around here gets hit pretty hard because it's it's pretty close to PA and West Virginia. And being in Ohio, we have just over-the-counter tags. And super affordable over-the-counter tags, too. We're not, not a very expensive uh, non-resident fee to get a tag here. So we have a lot of out-of-staters from PA and West Virginia. And, shoot, I see guys from all over the northeast come rut man it's it's it gets pretty crazy around here (laughs) toward the end of october and beginning of november there's trucks everywhere but um just try and do the best i can staying away from other people and um trying to capitalize on on any kind of patterns that i can like early season i I tend to have or have tended to have the last several years some decent luck early um kind of before the peak of the rut which is kind of weird Um, a lot of people don't really focus on early season as much as i do but i think it's kind of purposeful i I try and get things moving before all these other guys come in there's like a a constant um just like monkey on my back like i have to get on something quick because if i don't you know if I'm, i'm at this public parking area now i'm here by myself but next week there's going to be two or three other trucks here and, and sure as heck there always are so yeah. just kind of some some self-induced pressure on myself to to capitalize early and and um so far it's paid off i, d- I don't know how things are going to go you're talking about uh, time with kids earlier my wife and i are expecting our first here in august
0: that's right so it's yeah. going to be
1: a it's going to be a different year coming up here with a, a little newborn so going to have to find a balance there, but I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, no. Congratulations on that, by the way. That's that's gonna be um, that's that's gonna be uh, you know awesome. It's it's and you know what? So cliche, but I mean, time flies. I mean, like my daughter's gonna turn ten here in like two weeks. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. and 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 the worst thing. It's a good thing, but the worst thing is like you know when Facebook brings up memories, like here's a memory from such and such years ago. You know, and you're like, holy crap. You know, this was like a you know something from like your preschool or whatever. And it's like, where did the time go? You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 easy to you know when they say it's easy to blink and they're growing up well i mean it's it's true you know so you just gotta i guess (laughs) split split your time as best you can kind of thing and just kind of take it all in and enjoy you know all of it you know but um i
1: I had a a facebook memory this morning my my dog turns six years old tomorrow and uh, there was a Memory that popped up, and he was a puppy. I f- I'm like, I feel like I just got this dog like last summer, and he was six weeks old yeah. last summer, and now he's six years old. Like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> but
0: yep, yep, yeah. exactly. It's uh, like I said, it's a good thing and a bad thing when you see those things. You know, it's mm-hmm. like brings a smile to your face, and you're like, oh my god, time flies. Yeah. So, um, I want to go back to your uh, uh, at least at least on the public stuff, right? Are you are you finding that people are like you say you try to get away from them, right? So I don't know if that means like try and like use them to your advantage or just go deeper. Right. But I mean, are you finding that people more and more people are deeper? Um, Cause that's the thing to do now. People have figured out how to do it. There's a billion podcasts and YouTube videos on how to go, you know, mobile and all that stuff. Um, how was it like for you? Are you encountering people a lot, a lot deeper than, than before?
1: I've never gone far enough to not find people. And and this is like, um, I'll hike three, four miles in off the road and I'm finding people I'm finding stands everywhere. Um, Gatorade bottles, whatever, you know, Tink 69 bottles from last buck bombs. Like I cannot get away from people and I've gone on a few, a lot actually different scouting missions. And I, I try to do most of my scouting in like February, March and i did a ton of it this year just because i knew that like this was one of the this will be the last spring that i'll have to do this kind of stuff before the baby comes so i was really trying to mm-hmm. capitalize on that this spring and i can remember a couple different uh tracks that i did where you know like i said i was three four miles deep into this public and just dude stands everywhere and it's like you know, cell cameras, especially cell cameras now, it seems like there's a there's a, a close connection now between being super deep in and finding a cell camera somewhere because guys think, you know, I, I'm so far in here that I'm not going to use a regular trail camera. It's got to be a cell camera. So because I'm not going to get back in here right yeah, off. Yeah, they go in and
0: once they, and just leave it. Yep.
1: Just go in once yep. and leave it. And um, I think, you know, to kind of answer your question, about getting away from people i think it's not so much anymore getting far off the road and away from parking areas but it's it's a lot of the like you hear dan infall talk about like the overlook spot kind of thing um Mm -hmm. i hunt a lot of little parcels um like not parcels but little patches of woods that are 200 yards off the road or literally right up against the road where i'll be watching cars you know drive past me and go to down to the parking mm-hmm. area when i'm sitting in my stand i had a lot of stuff like that um so it's yeah like like we said it's not always trying to get as far back as you possibly can because i think that there there's a there's a like a uh, there's a busy zone there like if you say like From mile zero to mile 10, you know, mile 10 being as far as you can possibly get into this piece of public, you're going to find the majority of guys. It used to be you would find them between mile zero and mile two. Right. But now you're Mm -hmm. finding the majority of these guys between miles two and eight. Right. They're all in there. It seems like no one anymore is between zero and, and one or two. So I, I, you know, I'm kind of focusing on those overlook spots that are easy to get to, but, you know, I think a lot of guys just kind of look over them and think that it's, you know, it's, it's stupid place to hunt because it's so close to the road.
0: So does that change the time that you go in, let's say, um, because, uh, you know, to my mind, right. If you're doing that, let's say you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go in, let's say. I don't know, half a mile, 300 yards, whatever it happens to be. Right. Um, you're probably going to bump them no matter what, right. Because everyone's kind of going in from the same spot. But if you're the kind of person who can sit there and hang out all day and after like nine, ten o'clock, when those guys that went in like three, four miles are coming back out now, um, and they're potentially bumping deer back to you, you know, um, is, is, I don't know. I, I always thought that that might be like a better strategy, but then that kind of changes the you know the the time that you're in the woods and the duration that you're in the woods, or maybe even your your entry into the woods, it, it changes. Do you know what I mean?
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: I I don't normally see situations where
1: people will bump deer back and forth from one spot to another. I think that deer just get bumped and they leave, and they'll they'll move a mile. You know, they'll might they'll move a half mile away, and you, they won't come back in that area for. A week two weeks mm. um, so I kind of let I kind of let like in season scouting and sign dictate uh, you know where how far how far in I'm going if it's uh, if it's the rut let's say if, if it's you know these places are starting to get hit a little harder and you know I'm seeing cars and parking lots and guys are hiking back in there I'll tend to see more sign in those overlook spots that are closer to the road and um, you know, just like like you kind of alluded to, entry is paramount. It's above everything. Entry and exit too, but the way that you get in there is is above everything else. And just because a an area is right beside a parking lot doesn't mean that you have to enter from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I am th- I'm thinking of one spot in my head that's it's close to a parking lot, but I actually park like a half mile down the road and hike do a big loop around it usually because of the wind too but i'll do a big loop around it further back into the public and then come you know back in closer to the parking lot just so that because i I think a lot of these bucks will they'll position their beds and you know they'll bed up on ridges and we have a lot of terrain around here so they'll bed up high and they'll watch these parking areas and i think they watch you walk in Mm, so yeah it's something that i'm especially when the leaves kind of you know, that the trees lose their leaves and you can see a little further in the woods. Like I'm always so paranoid and really careful about, um, I don't want to be seen, definitely not smelled, but I I don't want to be seen walking in from wherever I'm parking at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, um, we, we don't have a ton of terrain as far as, um, we've, we've got more bluffs like river, river. Well, we got, we got marshes, we got kind of oak flats and then we've got river bottom kind of areas, right? So you've what got. What part the of Minnesota Flasters. are you in? I'm literally like Southwest of the twin cities. Like, um, I don't know, like half an hour from, you know, like if you go like Southwest diagonally from, you know, the Minneapolis, I'm right there by about half an hour.
1: Okay. So you're, you're pretty close to like, how close are you to the Iowa border?
0: Um, Iowa border would be like an hour South of me, I guess, hour and a half, maybe. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Something like that.
1: So that's kind of marshy around there.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we've got, we've got, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough that literally like from my doorstep, I can be in seven or eight different, like distinct parcels. Like some of them are part of the same, um, kind of like chain of WMAs and wildlife refuges and stuff that kind of follow, uh uh, the Minnesota river and some other, you know, like marshes and stuff like that around here. But I've, I've got a lot of spots that are within 20 minutes, 30 minutes max. Right. Um, and they're, they're each unique and some are, like I said, some kind of like a river bottom, some are marshy, some are, you know, oak, oak flats, whatever. Um, some of them are bluffy, you know, where it kind of goes down, like you talked about with the, with the pits and everything like that. Um, of course it's, it's, it's not the same. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, more picturesque, I guess, than what you're describing it, but it's the same kind of thing, like steep, steep drop-offs, like going down into the rivers and um, things like that. And, you know, I, guys around here too, I mean, it's uh, it, it's the same thing. Like, you know, they can access by boat on some of these places. You know, I don't have a boat. Um, and so it's kind of frustrating, you know, but good on them. I'm mean, frustrating for you though, you know, if you kind of hike in like, like a legit like two miles, not like internet two miles, Instagram, but I mean an actual two miles and you're like, all right and you kind of in an area you've, you've scouted it you scouted it whatever and you're like okay there's a tree that's the tree i want to be and you kind of see it from a distance and then you get close to it and there's like a pull-up rope hanging off of it mm-hmm. or there's like obvious signs on the bark where somebody you know put up a tree, uh, you know trees uh, climbing steps or a climber or something like that and it's like okay And that's like the tree, right? And obviously you're not the smartest, but that's the thing though. It's like, you're like, it's kind of good in like, okay, at least I picked the tree that everyone else is picking because I think I did it right, right? Because obviously if I'm... um, i don't know maybe we're all stupid but um you pick it for certain reasons and then you get there and then someone else has picked it probably for the same reason so that validates that you know what you're doing but the shitty part is that they know what they're doing too right you know you know and it's it's it's, uh i don't know it's last couple years i don't know whether it's just the spike in people interest in in the outdoors with COVID and all that stuff but i've definitely seen more people in the woods and i don't know if that's going to wane i don't know if the novelty if it's a novelty for some of these people is is you know um gonna gonna wane after a few years i don't know but um i don't know he's definitely got to change up tactics you know because i'm I'm running in the same thing
1: and it sucks when you hike that actual you know the actual real life two miles that you're talking about not the instagram two miles (laughs) two miles sucks like that's a long freaking way especially walking through stuff like you're talking about yeah and you get the whole way back there and you see another stand and i think that i'm kind of now like adapting to that that pressure wave that you're talking about due to COVID or whatever and in my e-scouting like i'm i'm looking at maps now thinking okay what's the best looking like where where would i check out where would i hunt on this You know, this 160-acre chunk here. Where would I – what's the best-looking piece here, whether it's a a saddle or a funnel or whatever, pinch points? And I just cross that off the list. I don't even bother, especially if it's two miles in there. I won't even check it out. I'll just assume, especially if it's within decent walking distance to a parking area, I don't even check it out. Um, Yeah, you you, you assume
0: it's been molested, basically. Yeah, you just just
1: assume it and – you know, I'm I'm looking for stuff that does not look good on Onx. Have you seen on Onx? Hope, hopefully, my phone doesn't die. Um, there is a there is a layer on Onx that's new now. It's called tree species and habitat maps. No. Oh. So you can now overlay. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven different layers in this library tree species and habitat maps um, that will basically so one of the, one of the layers is deciduous deciduous versus coniferous trees um, deciduous tree distribution coniferous tree distribution so basically these layers will show you where certain species of trees are they're, they're super neat they're not always 100 percent accurate but it will literally show you where they think a cluster of oak trees are
0: oh okay i'm looking at it right now yep i see Here's it
1: one one layer says thermal deer cover so it's probably like young pines and stuff like that that's a layer that you can
0: thermal deer uh, young select aspen, on there. acorn producing oh, ac- oh acorn producing oaks there you go
1: yeah of course so here like- they
0: there it's pretty much to be like most of almost every square inch of where i hunt but whether they're producing that year or not you know but
1: mm-hmm.
0: huh cool
1: so the so I get my point here is not to <laughs> not to use that and say I'm gonna go check those areas out, but but think, okay, that's now an option on X, so I'm going to probably cross those areas off the list. I'm not not saying like don't go check them out, but yeah also assume that these you know the these younger guys like in their early twenties that are, you know, super tech savvy with, with all this stuff and, and you know, on X they're you know, they know where this stuff is at. So that, that's areas that they're checking out too. So a lot of the stuff that I, uh, go to, I kind of gravitate to first on, on X, it does not look very good.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good, that's probably a good strategy. Um, that, that that's a good point because yeah, like <laughs> if you can figure it out, they can figure it out. I'm, although I didn't know that, that layer exact, I haven't even gotten to that layer library because, um, you know, I, I, I go back and forth between like, I put all my pins on Onyx, but mm-hmm. if I'm actually going to look at a map for like resolution, I just do Google maps, you know, yeah. Google maps and you do the, the satellite layer instead of like the traffic layer and the resolution is like just so much better. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a common complaint with, uh, with on X, but I was, I've been, I haven't really dove into it, but I mean, everyone talks, you know, kind of highly of like Spartan forge now, um, I haven't investigated it much, but it sounds like it's, you know, better resolution, better features, that kind of stuff. That's really going to compete with, with Onyx. So I got, I got to look into that. So I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I know, um, you know, lots of, you know, pretty smart guys were involved in that. I'm pretty sure like Garrett Prawl was involved in developing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could yep. be totally wrong about that, but no, he that's, was, a, that, that's a, that's a smart dude, you know? So if he's doing it, I'm I'm probably, <laughs> it might be worth checking out, you know?
1: Yeah, anything that Garrett Prahl is talking about, you better check out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> better, yeah. Better open your ears up. But I just wish that there was a way to be able to transfer your your waypoints from one to one app to the other. It's like once you're it's almost like switching from a switching from an iPhone to a Droid, an Android. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to switch all my music and everything. like I'll lose all my waypoints here.
0: You're committed, but yeah.
1: If you're if you're onyx looks anything like mine, it's like a pin cushion. There's just stuff everywhere. Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. So when you're when you're going in like this, let's talk about your mobile gear. Like what do you uh, what are you hoofing it in with?
1: Um, I've hunted the last couple of years with a, a beast stand, um, beast stand, and typically three of the beast sticks. Yeah, the the full length, the original ones, and my bottom two have aiders, have 20 inch um, Eastern Woods outdoors, just you know wire aiders on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, and I'll usually have that, and either I'll either strap like a small backpack to the stand, or I'll strap an Alpha pack to the stand, and I'm pretty pretty lightweight with that setup. I've never really weighed it before, but it's it's so light that it's it's not a factor at all.
0: Are you planning on then? Um, so, so what's your plan then? When you, if you shoot something like, let's say you're going deep, right? Um, are you going back for a cart? Are you going back to debone? Are you going back for another backpack? What do you? What's your? What's your plan to to get stuff out? Uh,
1: my plan, if possible, I would I would never, almost never. I don't want to say never, but almost never, um, not come out and get help from someone. I would definitely hike back out. Get a help from a buddy or two um probably take a jet sled i don't have a a uh, you know a cart with wheels yeah i don't even think i know anybody with one but we're uh kind of jet sled people around here especially in the fall when you can slide them over leaves and yeah. even snow later on but probably come back with a jet sled if i absolutely had to if it was like if deer was down over a, a high wall or you know we had to scale some really nasty stuff probably quarter it out or you know debone it or something but never had to do that um the doe that i shot in january uh yeah late january that thing ran 800 and some yards down over a high wall it was like a horrible drag out but my buddy brent and i drug her out through the snow and it sucked but um yeah we we didn't have to quarter her out
0: yeah yeah, that's pretty. Light. What do you what do you think of that? I mean, obviously, I think you like it, but what, what do you think of that stand? Um,
1: I really just, like that. I I love the stand a lot. There's nothing. I can honestly say that there's nothing that I would change about that stand. Um, the only minor thing that I changed was on the the antler bracket that that uh, you know comes in contact with the tree on top there behind the mm-hmm. seat. I. Uh, put a slight bevel on the bottom of those teeth so it would slide down and seat better under the tree. And we're talking like you can barely see it unless you feel it. But that was the only thing I changed about the stand. For a taller dude, and I'm I'm like 6'2", 6'3", so I'm a bigger dude. I I sit a lot. I tend to kind of position – if I can, I'll position a stand so that I'll have a seated shot to my left, like down Mm -hmm. into my left, being a right-handed shooter. And I find that I I sit more still, or I, I remain more still if I'm sitting versus standing. So I'll I'll try to sit, you know, most of the most of the um, the hunt. But that stand, the seat post is is high enough that even a dude that's six two, six three, super comfortable. Like I could sit in it all day if, and I have all day if I had to. But um, the seat post, the the platform is long enough out in front of you that your knees aren't, you know, bent in, which can get mm-hmm. super uncomfortable after a couple hours. So, I mean, it, it literally feels like sitting in that stand. If it, it literally feels like I'm sitting in my computer chair right now, talking to you and just
0: super comfy. Yeah.
1: It's just, it has, it has uh room in all the right places and height in the right places in no wasted space anywhere that you wouldn't absolutely need it. Um, but, yeah, I I freaking love it, dude. I love it. I had a a, a DS.5 the year before. It would have been 2 years ago now. And I loved that stand too, but it was too small for it was too short. The seat post was too short and the platform was too um, too short like out, you know, out in front of you, not width-wise, but it was too short. Uh, like the length of the platform was too small
0: mm-hmm.
1: for a tall guy that wants to sit Um, Yeah. So so your
0: knees are kind of doubled over or your, your, you know, your, your, your butt's lower than, uh, you know, your knees basically kind of thing.
1: And your knees are like up in your chest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: For a, for a tall guy that wants to stand all the time. Perfect. For a short guy that wants to sit perfect But for a tall guy that wants to sit. It was, you know, not, not the best move, but yeah, B stand super, super awesome.
0: How does it feel all the way on the edge out there? Because because you know, I've seen all the videos where it's like you know flexy and all that stuff. I mean, is, does it feel kind of disconcerting, or are, are you comfortable? Like, I personal like in, in tree stands, are you comfortable being out out there and flexing around and stuff? Or
1: I am. Yeah, I don't I don't typically stand all the way out there, but if if I do, if I have to, if I'm like standing up, taking a jacket off, or you can turn around, doing whatever, if I have to get acrobatic, I've never felt uncomfortable in it. You can feel it flex, but I mean, you can feel all those stands flex. Like a, yeah. the the custom gear stands, they flex. Um, like the the Lone Wolf Assaults, they flex a little bit, but nowhere near as much as these new lightweight stands do. But yeah, I've never I've never had it feel you know unnerving or anything.
0: Okay. Yeah, I uh, so I picked up the Hilo, the Novix Hilo, at the end of last okay.
1: year. Yep.
0: And, uh, like, I'm, I'm not like totally comfortable shooting out of a tree stand. Never have been. Um, the trees, st- I mean, it, this thing locks in just fine. It's, it's stable and all that, but like, I'm like a tree hugger, right. If I'm going to stand, I'm like, yeah, I, I want to be like, <laughs> you know, I want to like, if I, I want to almost like throw my arm around the tree and be like best buddies with it. You know <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? When I'm up yeah. there. And, um, so I was looking at that bee stand and I know, you know, Jason Sam was doing that, that, um in one of his reviews or whatever he's like oh this gives me the opportunity to go all the way to the edge and turn around and fully shoot 360 I'm like dude that's like me like you're asking me to walk the plank there's no I, I can't <laughs> there's no way you know what I mean yeah. um and and I'm always, almost looking for a, a platform that is wider like near the base of the tree so I don't have the rubbing of the um, the, the um, uh what do you call it the cables you know because mm-hmm. it kind of narrows down too much uh i'd almost rather have it wider and not so far out you know what i mean but i don't the only other thing that comes is that that alpha, you know the L- lone wolf alpha or echo now you know from novix and that's just like like too big i don't want to carry something like that big you yeah. know so i don't know I'm, I'm gonna try and make this work i even hacked the uh the left side of the seat on this thing like i cut it i cut it with uh with my jigsaw because um, I was having just, just kind of practicing shooting. I was having like lower limb kind of clearance oh, okay. issues. Cause I'm so close to the tree, you know, I could be farther out, but you know, yeah. whatever. And, um, I mean, if, if the, if this if the tree is bigger than the stand or the, the, the seat, okay, that's a moot point. But if the seat, a lot of times that seat is, is, it's a big seat. They need to like make that seat smaller. And, um, to my lower kind of left side, I was, I was, you know, kind of like, okay, well, this is interfering. So you know, I, I kind of whacked a little corner of that off, you know, and, um, you know, I suppose I could have just taken the seat off and just not sat, you know, but whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying stuff, you know, and then, um, I'm still liking the saddle more because it's just more secure. You know, I feel like under tension, you know, I feel more secure
1: Mm -hmm. and,
0: um, you know, I've, I've come to the realization that either with the saddle or with the tree stand, like for me, um, the way they work like i'm equally able to shoot and equally like not able to shoot neither one of them i can get like 360 and neither one of them i can get all the shots i want um but it's just going to be like a compromise and i think i might just go back to doing like the one stick again um you know just because i can it's so light so mobile and it, it, it allow me to um it's not it's not even the weight i don't really care about the weight it's just the ease of you know just you know, strapping it to your pack and 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 going, you know what I mean. There's less stuff to pack up and and yeah. and strap together and all that. So I don't know. It's I, I'm I've I've tried a bunch of the last like couple years, and um, I don't know. There's like all of them, like I said, are n- none of them are like hundred percent for me.
1: Yeah, no, me neither. I think that there's trade offs to everything. I think the biggest thing is finding what setup is the least pain in the ass to carry and hang there you go like comfort is almost secondary at that point you have to you have to choose what setup that you're most likely to be comfortable with in the dark and uh you know it's not going to make hunting a pain for you so that you won't go out like you don't want to be you don't want to be laying in bed at 3.30 3.30 in the morning when your alarm goes off and you're thinking Damn it. I really don't want to go out right now and hang that yeah. pain in the <laughs> ass stand or sound like it, it has to be You know idiot proof It has to be easy to do in the dark it has to be easy to do when your fingers are so cold you can't feel them so it's like a You know, it's a it's an ease of setup and ease of use and uh, comfort uh, as far as You know being confident that you feel safe yeah. Um, you know, cause I, I kind of feel like that a lot too, not a lot, but more and more the older I get and I'm, I'm 37, so I'm not like super old or anything, but I feel like every year I get a little bit less and less, um, comfortable with, you know, whether it's higher setups or skinnier trees or, you know, trees that are leaning. I just like a little bit, mm, I think, mm-hmm. I think it's an age thing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i i don't know because i've never been super comfortable in them and um you know i uh that that, i mean that's one of the reasons i i switched to like a saddle in the first place was i'm like all right i'm gonna give this a try because um and then you know i i went through that whole thing but like i said i'm kind of i'm kind of back to that i think and i'm not gonna sell any of them because i mean you once you once you sell anything by the way i don't care if it's a tree stand bow whatever you're never gonna buy that thing back for the price that you had it for i mean like (laughs) like like the, the Novix like um I bought that for like 209 bucks or whatever on sale right um they're like 339 now oh jeez <laughs> yeah it went up like a 100 i mean and normally it was like 239 but they had like a uh, like a Midwest whitetail uh discount code or something like that right yeah. but they they sell for like 239 it went up a 100 dollars jeez you know and it's like even, okay
1: even uh, the the uh, the Lone Wolf uh, you know the original Lone Wolf Assault twos. They've been like two hundred and thirty some bucks for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not, they're not getting any cheaper. They're not getting more expensive, but they're not getting any cheaper even with new stuff coming out.
0: But, well, yeah, well they're not making that anymore, right? Because I think Lone Wolf fully converted yeah. into Novix. So yep. those old like Assault twos, if people, you know, I almost wish I'd bought an Assault two because it's a little wider platform. Yeah. Um, and the cables don't rub on on those ones for me and um yeah i I think it's going to be one of those like secondary market things like hey you know like when people uh uh, what was that one it's it's one of the original lone wolf like eight and a half pound stands you know that people still talk about from back 10 15 years ago or whatever yeah um it might it might be uh gaining in um in value you know for for people that want them because uh, i don't know who knows but i'm just uh i don't know i mean it's it's fun to try and uh just experiment you know with climbing methods and uh you know one stick three stick repelling not repelling you know just just everything I, i like i like trying all that stuff out and you know usually kind of circle back to the things that you know you felt the most comfortable but it's still fun to go just like tuning bows and arrows and all that stuff yeah
1: do you mind if we take a pee break
0: absolutely go for it
1: all right one sec
0: All right, I'm back. You're back, refreshed, sweet. Yeah. Um. So man, we're almost an hour here. So all right, I want to I want to move on to Bose real quick. Um, what are you shooting currently? And I know you've got. We we can talk about this this ASL uh kind of, uh lust kind of bandwagon train, whatever you want to call it, that everyone seems to be on, including you and me. So, uh, what do you got right now?
1: Um, currently I'm shooting. I'm shooting two different bows. I'm shooting a, a Stalker Wolverine, a G10 Wolverine, from South, and I'm shooting a Tall Times recurve from Michael Arnett.
0: Mm.
1: Shooting uh, both of them kind of simultaneously, which probably isn't the best, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> how does that work for you? Does that does does that you know? They always say like don't switch, you know, and then the whole thing like beware the man with one rifle. He knows how to shoot it, you know. But one bow, whatever. Do you do you put a lot of credence into that? Does it affect you?
1: um i think that it probably does i there's a certain point in the summer where i don't do that anymore it's probably like july or so i'll you know probably next month i'll i'll pick one and and kind of stick with that one but um those two kind of for whatever reason i'm able to shoot both of those well at the same time they they both take the same arrows are pretty similar specs and and they kind of point the same for me i think that i think it just has to do with how a bow points you know whether it's you know how it's cut to center or not cut to center past center or whatever it kind of, it'll kind yep. kind of mess you up for a while especially if you're like a like a gap instinctive kind of guy which i think you shoot that way too right i do yeah yeah um i'm the same and it's you know it's not totally instinctive but it's makes it harder to jump from bow to bow like that but i've thought about just <laughs> getting rid of a bunch of bows and only having like you know one or two bows that i shoot but i don't know man it's not a very fun <laughs> way to live
0: <laughs> no no it's not i know <laughs> that's half
1: the fun of this stuff i was i was telling somebody the other day like when i was a compound guy i did not have four, five, six compounds at a time you know it was it was all just one bow whether i you know Bought and sold a used bow every year, every couple years, whatever. But I, I only ever had one compound at a time. But these bows are just, I don't know, they're just different for for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, I, uh, no, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. I mean, I, uh, I, I've tried to see if I could just kind of shoot one, you know, for you know whatever duration hanging up there and they're always strong and they're like come on shoot me and, you know and i can shoot in my basement here like you know 12 13 yards you know and it's hard not to just go like just you know do a quiver out of each one of them you know and then <laughs> yeah it's like it's like tuck it's like tucking your kids to bed you know it's like <laughs> yeah. you know, i get to shoot you and i get to shoot you and i get to shoot you and then you know and um i certainly shoot them differently you know but um i yeah I think there's a difference between like being able to shoot all of them and you know, like, Hey, this one, I have to hold a certain way or, or this one I have to, you know, this one shoots a little high for me and, and kind of compensate for that or whatever. But I think if you just shoot the one thing every single day, then naturally your brain's going to compensate. You don't have to, you know, consciously actively cons- uh, uh, compensate, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: but it's so hard to commit to that. I can't, you know, I, I commend you if you can actually stick to one bow, you know, July through whatever, for a to, to half the year, dude. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I, I think that I don't know. I do
1: better like that anyway. But I don't know. I wish I could switch on and off every every hunt or every couple hunts. But yeah, I'm just not that. I'm not that good of a shooter.
0: <laughs> so you so you got a um you got an ASL coming right? Yeah, I do. Um, where yeah, did, where not, did that? Soon enough. Of, yeah, where did that spark come from? I mean, where where did where did that interest come from?
1: Um, I think, I think I've always had that interest. I think I've always been interested in it, but I just have always thought that it was kind of outside of my skill level. I thought mm. that it was just a little bit too trad for me. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, I, I just didn't think that it was something that was feasible for me to get into there. I I'd always heard just they're, you know, super hard to shoot. They're not forgiving at all. They're, um, You know they're just not a very friendly boat for for a guy to get comfortable with and become proficient with and it's just kind of kind of just you know intimidated me a little bit and scared me away from it i think that what kind of broke me through that was uh in the beginning for sure was cody greenwood really sparked that fire for me just you know having these guys on his his video you know his youtube channel like whether it's Josh Miller or uh, Eric Hoff, you know, just talking to these guys about the bows and, re- and really diving into what makes them, uh, you know, shooter friendly, um, you know, and, and now even the videos that you're putting out there on your channel, dude, like I'm wearing your channel out and <laughs> and Eric's channel and Josh, like, it's, it's like, if you would see my YouTube history right now, it's kind of embarrassing, but um,
0: I, yeah, I, just, I, just I, I, I've done the same thing with Joshua's before I actually got, like mine delivered you know um same deal i i guarantee you i've watched his uh all of them but especially the pacific stick video i mean no joke probably 20 25 times you know it's like i know how this goes i know how this ends like you know what i mean (laughs) i can recite it practically but i gotta watch it again
1: yeah it's it's addicting for sure josh needs to put out some new videos he's been busy uh kicking butt in tournaments and whatnot but uh, he's going to italy yeah. Yeah. You need to have them on your show again. I need to have them on our yeah, show too.
0: Yeah. You guys need to do a part two uh, for that. <laughs> we that are. was, that we was have really it. good. That was, yeah.
1: We have it scheduled for Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night. So.
0: Cool. Yeah. Looking, looking forward, forward to that. Because I, 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 I saw the Cody Greenwood stuff, right? I didn't realize that that was, because I'd watched it and, and I didn't realize that that was Eric at first. Right. Yeah. And I'd watch that and I'll, you know, whatever. And then just, just, you know, as you're scrolling through Instagram or, or whatever, and you're like, okay, looking for interesting guests. So I'm like, oh, well, here's a boy out of Minnesota. Um, and I just wanted to have him on. Cause I, I like just like geeking out about, you know, picking people's brains about like, how do you build these? You know, what do you, what do you design into them? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to, you know, to, to Eric and then at the time I was really hankering for like a Minnesota stick, right. Kind of like an RD kind of one. And then I'm like, well, you know, I've got other RD stuff. And then I happened to have Joshua Miller on. It was, it wasn't necessarily just like a, like a one, two punch, just, um, like planned. It was, it just happened to be. And then of course, you know, he shoots all Eric stuff. So now, and I'm like, so it ended up being almost like a, like an Eric Hoff part two, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, then he really got me, uh, in, into the whole, like, okay, well this, this bow shoots different, and then I was messaging Cody, and he's like, "No, no, this bow shoots different. um You need to give it a, you know, uh, another chance." And then, you know, w- between the flat grip and not not flat, but I mean like, like the flatter grip, because I, I just didn't like the um, the Northern Mist that I had it was just too skinny in my hand, like like in the palm, it was too mm-hmm. like just too much Pointy. of a hard ridge, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, but this one doesn't. And so I got the dish grip and I'm, I'm probably, um, like, I'm not, you know I I like it just fine. I could probably shoot like the regular, like, like dead straight grip as well. Cause it's, to me, it's not so much about the dish. It's more about the fact that it's more of a flat spot that Mm -hmm. uh, he puts, he puts in his grips and I'm loving that flat spot. I mean, it's just, you know, um, it, it's super nice and it's it's very very accurate for me um and again I, i'm i'm talking like 15 yards right i mean i'm, I'm terrible like past it um, it's a poke for me to do 20 and i'm terrible past that but um i was really surprised at how well it actually pointed um and shot where i was looking and, and it is i don't want to say it, it's it's not hmm. the term forgiving is kind of like that, that's that's a loaded one but it's um more than once, like I've, I've looked at a place or looked at a leaf or looked at a clump or whatever, like I said, I did a lot of stump shooting last, this last month and with broadheads, like ready to go, you know, and it was, it was hitting exactly where I was looking. I'm like, how is that possible? How is Mm -hmm. that possible to get, to get this bow to shoot there? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There Um, needs to be a word for that. Yeah. We should come up with that. I don't know what that would be. It's almost like, like connective or something, you know, conductive or something like that like it's it's really connects to you know just y- you as a shooter I find. so
0: like so in, in 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 the food world right with like chefs they use the term umami have you ever heard that no where it's mm-hmm. like that it's like that that awesome flavor like i don't know lets you see stars and rainbows as soon as you taste it kind of thing right uh-huh. so maybe there's like an umami for, <laughs> for traditional bows <laughs> how do you spell that word uh u-m-a-m-i umami yeah that
1: should be that should be a new bow model name for eric st <laughs> patrick lake umami
0: umami yeah maybe
1: so i'm like so so i have my you know the official bow order that i have is for a pacific stick but like how can you not be curious about a yukon stick now i, talk I about know
0: that? i almost and i didn't um because he hadn't he hadn't started the build yet when he announced that it was going to be the pacific stick i mm. almost thought about changing it to pacific stick but i'm like no 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 i'm just going to keep it you know i i, I want this and um yeah because if i want to take down i kind of want a three-piece takedown you know of of some sort mm. um i don't know why you know maybe like a, like a two-piece takedown would be i mean it's not that long but still no but i almost thought about it but it's it definitely what intrigued me the most was the like the the, like the heavy mass um the heavy mass riser and stuff on that so
1: Mm -hmm. what intrigues me the most is that it's cut to center
0: oh yeah that too that's right yep yep
1: and i think that i don't know i think it would be more umami for me if it was (laughs) cut to center does that make sense do you agree with that or you think that's I, well bogus? i do
0: I've, I've never cut a have never shot an asl cut to, i've only shot two asls right this one on yeah. the, the northern mist that i have had but um it uh I'm, I'm guessing it would tune well eric was even saying like his thing tunes on your show he was saying that it tunes with a wide variety of spines and um yeah i don't know i mean it's it'd be fun to find out mm-hmm.
1: so i I've, I've you know talked about it a little bit but josh is like no dude don't do it just do the straight up pacific stick you need to experience what what a what a true asl is you need to experience that first and i i I get
0: that so and i think that's why i I wanted to as well
1: you're going to order a yukon sooner or later are you back on the build list now
0: me, no, no, I'm uh, I'm, I'm licking my wounds from ordering all these, <laughs> yeah. you know, two custom bows in like two years, you know, because I got the L cart and I got this, and you know, they're not cheap, you know, I'm glad I got yeah. them, but uh, now it's like, yeah, uh, <laughs> need to start paying down some bills, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think his build list is probably going to be it's going to be pushing
0: a year here pretty soon. (laughs) Yeah, I got in when it was like four months, I think. And now I think it's kind of exploded for him. So,
1: yeah, me too. I think I was like one of the last ones that it was four months for. And now I think it's eight. It's like, man, thank goodness I did that when I did. But I think I have I probably have I probably have two months left or so oh really not the, not the, yeah maybe two and a half or something like that but
0: so are you going to throw our like our conversation from about 15 minutes ago like out the window and then try and hunt with this one this year you think so get to that point? i i think it'll be
1: i think i'll probably get it sometime in like late july so i don't i don't know i i might try let's <laughs> <I'll> see <laughs> if i can try <laughs>
0: Dude, Uh, I'm telling you, I mean, within the first two quivers of shooting this thing, I was like, like, holy crap, you know? I mean, is it, like, the most accurate bow that I have? No, like, the one that's, like, the most natural shooting and most, like, tightest groups, like, most forgiving I have is my Grizzly for some reason, right? It just Mm -hmm. is. But, um, honestly, I mean, like, sub-15 yards, would I feel confident, like, taking a shot on... I really would. I mean, I'm not just saying that I really would. And I'm not saying like, I'm like, you know, like stacking five of them in a golf ball or anything like that. But I mean, it's as far as like natural, like shooting Uh and confidence inspiring, it's, it's there, you know, just, just like with my elk and just like with the other one, it's all like kind of, you know, in in the same realm. And I was just pretty, very surprised at that too. So I I wouldn't be surprised if you picked this. Well, you've been, you've been shooting, um, you've been shooting, uh, who'd you borrow one from?
1: I borrowed one from Levi Sumi first, but that was an American stick. And I borrowed Same that thing. one. So I had that one for probably a month or so. And I shot that one and gave it back to Levi a few weeks ago. And now Cody Greenwood sent me his specific stick. Okay. So I have Cody's, uh, but it's, it's 48 28 um, okay. I think it's probably probably three or four pounds heavier than i will order it's mm-hmm. a little it's a little bit heavy for me um because i mean as, as you know like you want to shoot these like over and over and over and right. I, I can shoot that but like to really get into my back and get perfect alignment and everything like i need it to be a little bit lighter um so it wasn't like a perfect apples to apples comparison between levi's american and cody specific because they were different weights they were you know levi's was a little bit lighter um but super smooth bow i just i shot a, a 3d course with it last weekend yeah last weekend and it was kind of a further course that it was set up for compound we shot from the mm-hmm. compound stakes just for fun for whatever reason but um you know, there were a lot of shots in there that were like 30 35 yards there was a lot of stuff like that and I lost several arrows on that course, but um, had a ton of fun shooting it. But what I find with this bow, tell me if you're, if you're seeing the same thing, my shots are either like lights out 10 rings or they're just garbage. <laughs> it's There's not many like 8s or 5s. It's like I'm either nailing the 10 ring and it's exactly where I'm looking at or I collapsed and my shots just went to shit or, you know complete miss or or whatever there's not much in between at this point and i don't know if that's the weight it's just a little bit too heavy for me or what but um yeah more often than not like they're really really good strong shots but when i miss i miss pretty bad
0: yeah i'm um i don't know any mistake i make it's my it's my fault right so if, if i have like the one flyer it's because i did something stupid and not necessarily the fault of the bow So, but, but I, it's, it's not unique to this bow. It, I could pick up any of my other bows and, and, and have the same stupid, like, you know, nice cluster. And then one is like, you know, six inches, like 10 o'clock high left or whatever, you know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like,
0: how the hell did I do that? You know, it's, it's not even dropping your bow. It's, (laughs) you know, it's going high, but I don't know. That's, um, that, that's something I, I, I fight all the time, but no, I, I don't, I don't think it's anything unique.
1: I think, I think probably it's, I'm still trying to, to figure out the dish grip completely. Like, I think I have it probably 80% figured out how I need to hold this grip and where I need to hold it. But I think I have a little bit of work to do left there. I'm still kind of like experimenting with that and, and trying to figure out the best, you know, the best pivot point to hold that grip and how to hold it and everything for me. So me
0: too. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's what I was saying. Um, I don't regret getting the grip, but I still would have loved to shot like the straight one, just, just to see that way there's no, because you can move up and down the grip on, on a straight grip. Right. Um, Mm. and it's in, it's, it's linear, but when you're moving up and down the grip on a dish grip, well, you're changing, you know, how it's kind of rocking in your hand a little bit. Um, but luckily it's, it's very forgiving and I've tried it, you know, like kind of gripping it like all the way up, you know, just at the top of the throat there, you know, literally like scraping the arrow almost, mm-hmm. um, I, cr- I tried that I've tried dead center. I've tried all the way down where you can feel like the, you know, the, the kind of edge of that, the bottom edge of that, uh, that dish kind of, uh, rigging into the, or digging into the bottom of your palm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, luckily it's, a, it's, it's, it's good enough of a forgiving bow that, it's not affecting me too much. It's more like a mental thing. Like, Oh, um, I'm holding it this way. And then it takes my concentration off a little bit. Like, should I be concentrating on my grip or should I just worry about where I'm looking kind of thing? So I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with that.
1: The thing I worry about with a straight grip is if you, in in a hunting scenario, I don't want to have to look down at the grip to see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm afraid that I would be a half inch too far up or half inch too far down and not be able to feel it with my left hand and have Mm -hmm. that affect my shot. But I feel like with the dish grip, you can feel it. Like you put some tension on the string and you can feel how that rocks in your hand. And, you know, without something to, you know, to pivot in your hand, like that dish shape, I don't know. It would kind of scare me, I think, to have just a flat, flat edge there. But I don't know. I'm kind of just, I'm just speculating like none of this, None of this comes from any kind of experience at all. I'm just you
0: know no you're hundred percent spot on because i'm 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 still I'm still doing the same kind of experiment with like where where I hold it in you know does it matter or is it just mental or if it's actually affecting the shot or mm-hmm. um, you know upper part, lower part, dead center um, but I find that the the number one thing for me, no matter where I happen to pick it up, is I consciously trying to put that that heel into it. You know, kind of hold it like dead straight up like a broomstick kind of thing. And I find that if I do that, then everything else kind of takes care of itself. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of trumps where I am if I'm like a half inch too high, half inch too low along that grip. You know, it seems to be anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this. You're shooting wood arrows out of that, right?
0: Nope. Nope. Aluminums. You You got you guys got me on the aluminum. Aluminums. Yep.
1: Okay. Are you shooting... A lighter spine aluminum than you think you would for for the draw weight that it is, because no. it's not cut to center.
0: No, I'm shooting um so I'm shooting 2016s which are five five hundreds. Okay. Uh They're like 30 and a half inches long I think 30 and a half 31, and I've got the standard um RPS insert in the in the front which is like what t- uh, 20 grains or yeah, 20 something, something like grains, idea. and uh, a 200 grain tip. So okay. they come they come in at like 560 total I think in what weight is that? Well, it's it's 45 at tw- uh, it's 40 f- it's marked 44 and a half at 27. So Okay. So I'm I'm pulling about 44 45. When I actually fully expand I'm I'm right there. Um so yeah.
1: So th- th- you think that's the same spine and arrow setup that you would shoot out of like uh like your grizzly?
0: so the the grizzly for some reason takes a weaker spine um i don't know okay. why well it, it's it's a little less poundage too it's only like 41 pounds or whatever but um the elk cart actually takes the same arrow but it's only about a, like an inch shorter um almost exact same setup um 500 spine you know so i don't know it's uh i for some reason i thought i was going to need like a 600 spine with this with the asl mm-hmm. yeah but I, I didn't and I don't like longer arrows like I don't like arrows longer than like 30 and a half inches I just don't like long arrows um even though it would probably be better for a picture but I find that uh even with this one my 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 gap um is a lot like with Elkhart I have to hold lower right because it shoots a little high for me so I have to consciously hold lower and I have to have my middle finger at the corner of my mouth and making sure that I'm you know really really conscious of like aiming not 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 too high with the pacific stick i'm actually just splitting um the corner of my mouth with my index finger my middle finger like it just at the middle of it and it's actually the gap i'm getting is like a lot less so it's more like a, like a dead straight kind of laser to where i'm looking which i think is contributing to why i'm it, it's shooting so well for me i don't know why it's doing it but it's doing it
1: yeah well, don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah no, right? no, I mean those aluminums, um, they 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 tuned in just just really good, um, and the string is uh, well actually he's putting D97 on those now, so you should get one. But I had like the B55, uh-huh. and I had like six hundreds on there with like a ton of a uh, tip weight, and they were still slightly stiff. Like when I made that video, I was I had that 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 one. When I got the D97, I mean I moved up to a 500 spine arrow. Okay. um it's worlds i mean feel wise it doesn't i i can't i'm not good enough to feel the difference in one string versus another but the tune absolutely changed i really? mean like drastically changed yeah i mean it's it, it it took a um uh stiffer spine it took uh it, it, it just flew better because i don't like it like a when you when you like put a crap ton of like foc in the front um I, I, and I'm not arguing about its effect, you know, terminal effects or whatever, but the way it actually flies and comes off the bow, it's always knock high. It's weird, weird tuning stuff happens for me. Um, you know, anytime I get like over like, I don't know, 300 grains total up front or something, it starts to go wonky. So, Mm -hmm. um, I was able to, you know, shoot a more balanced arrow without a crap ton of weight up front. It's a lot of weight up front, but, um, and, and it flies, it flies super nice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I need you to help me pick uh, a riser wood for that bow. I think I'm gonna go with black glass, on the on the back end belly. But I need to pick a riser wood.
0: So, I think I really want that, a
1: bow that I really want a bow that looks exactly like Josh Miller's. But I I was don't, gonna say that's orange, right? It's
0: it's osage, isn't it? Yeah, but um, I don't want
1: to like I don't want to copy him. His is cocobolo.
0: Oh, cocobolo. Okay.
1: But I don't want to copy him like verbatim.
0: Well, I almost ordered that exact same like setup, and then I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna go a little more custom. But I mean, I like that the black and orange, you know, the, all the yellow yeah. kind of, you know, I like that.
1: Yours is purple heart.
0: It's purple heart with uh, curly maple. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is purple heart a heavy wood? It's probably a stupid question.
0: Uh, it's on the medium heavy spectrum according to what's on his uh, website. Okay. Gotcha. I think it's certainly not the heaviest, but um you know, uh, I don't know. I was just more kind of going for like a, kind of like a reddish blondish kind of like mix, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause I really liked the look of that purple heart when I had it on a uh, 59 Kodiak, uh, which I regret, I, I wish I had that, but I regret selling that one, but I like that one and I'm like, okay, well, it's going to go good with it. And it just kind of the, the blonde kind of curly maple just offset it, you know, really nice. I thought, so that's, that's what I went with, but the, the black and, you know, the, the black and, um, yellow, orange, whatever. I like that too.
1: I've been thinking, I just sent you a picture on your phone. Um, Snakewood, you ever heard of Snakewood?
0: Snakewood. Oh, look at that thing. Yeah. I have a, I have a Stalker Wolverine. That looks sexy, that
1: one. Very first bow I ever had from South. It's a, it's a Snakewood riser. And I think, I think that Snakewood with the U cores would look really badass.
0: I think I've seen this pattern on some pretty tawdry uh, females at some dive bars, you know, like, <laughs> like this is like, this is like leopard skin, uh, improved kind of, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that would look pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. I think it's gotta be something orangish if you're, if you're using black glass, I think it has to be
0: Oh yeah, orange-ish. absolutely. No, I like that. I like that a lot. I've never seen that.
1: I wonder if Josh would be offended if I did the same Coca-Cola. <laughs>
0: I don't think you care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you care. Yeah. Um, all right man, listen, well shit, we're like an hour and a half into this dude. So uh we could talk for hours, but I mean it's late for you, it's late for me. So it, in, any any last words kind of like want to want to wrap up on here anything we want to touch on or anything um, new coming out with the push, the pack, all that stuff?
1: Um we're actually coming out with We haven't really announced this yet, but we're coming out with some new um, solid archery mechanics modules from Tom when he was here a couple weeks ago, turkey hunting. We filmed some modules that are geared more toward like the beginner, Um, basically so a guy doesn't have to sit through, you know, like, geez, now like six, seven hours of of the original course content of that course. It's like if you want to get proficient in one month to hunt here's you know the the modules you need to watch and it's just kind of like down and dirty this is what you need to do um you know kind of like i said geared toward the beginner uh, or you know like the convert from from the compound side or whatever crossbow side um but some pretty cool stuff it, it's it's always cool whenever he you know it gets his brain moving and you know really we really start scheming on different things so we're pretty right. excited about that so that should be dropping whenever i can get finished with the editing which is taking me way longer than i thought it would to today i was editing stuff for a music store yesterday it was a a pharmacy and i'm like i just want to edit solid archer mechanic stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> so well, i get it i get it man i understand that you, you go down that rabbit hole with uh with you know work and stuff and you're like man <laughs> i could be doing so much yeah. other stuff right now but yeah cool
1: what's what's coming down the pipe with you i've been like i said i've been binging on your youtube channel lately you're <laughs> so putting out some got, solid content
0: i i got on i got on tiktok um just for like quick little shorts like you know um I'm just trying to grow like, you know, the channel and all that stuff. Right. So you get mm-hmm. into this funk with, well, you know, you get into this funk with YouTube and their algorithms, um, and, and, and I've bitched about them enough, but like, I can put something out with a traditional bow and it gets lots of views. I could put something out with, Hey, here's, you know, a knife, a honey knife or, or leather or whatever, you know, how to make jerky. Right. And I'll get like 84 views or something. Right. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to i'm trying to use the whole like i think each one of these platforms has different algorithms like TikTok um distribute you differently than let's say youtube shorts versus instagram versus whatever so i'm just trying to like put little things out here and there just to kind of get like awareness like oh this guy's got a channel oh this guy's got a podcast or whatever and then maybe they can you know see that little 15 second blurb and then like click on it and then you know click to the channel and watch those videos and, and things like that so that's that's kind of what i'm doing it's, there's, it's nothing big just uh like here, here's me shooting an arrow have a good day you know kind of thing because it's mm-hmm. that's all the attention span of most tiktok things are you know oh, um yeah. so that's 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 kind of what i've been doing you know what i mean yeah. And just kind of putting out a video here and there kind of thing just uh um you know just just to keep Feeding the beast, you know, cause you have to feed that, that social media beast, you know, yeah. or else the algorithm says, ah, oh, he's irrelevant. He hasn't put out anything in like the last 36 hours, you know, like Jesus. Yeah.
1: I so, think that's what they've done to, done to our channel. Lately. <laughs>
0: we need to get this. Yeah. So I, 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 gave up on trying to chase it, you know, um, it, it's funny. I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch other, I'll watch other channels, you know what I mean? And, um, and I don't want this to sound like petty at all, but it's like, okay like what are they doing like what does youtube see in that one that they don't see in the you know what i put out or something you know what i mean and i think it's just like eyeballs i think it, it just uh you know velocity like when uh someone sees it and they click it and other people click it and other people click it you know what i mean and it and it triggers something in that algorithm and they're like oh we're just gonna you know push this you know and and not push this so mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to trying different things just to kind of get that going yeah it's cool you know i'm not that's gonna right. be doing tiktok dances though i'm not gonna be doing the, <laughs> the my money don't shine dances or whatever <laughs> you know
1: <so laughs> i created a, a push tiktok page um, at the barebow boot camp about a month or so ago and i made one post on it and that's it and i haven't been back in since <laughs> i just can't it's, bring myself to do it it's, it's too it's hard bad. it's just too bad. much it's too much to like to keep track of Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and everything else. And it's like, now here's another platform. And it's like, is anybody really there? Do I need to be there?
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at mine. I have like what, seven posts here and like, and I started this like last week or whatever. And it's like 89 followers, right? A week and a half ago. And it's like, okay. But I made a mental um, a promise to my, not a mental, but I made a promise to myself. I'm like, all right, on TikTok, I'm, just, I'm not going to follow anybody because then, then it turns into Instagram, right? Because you follow people yeah. back and the said I'm just going to put stuff out and see what happens. I don't want to be a dick about it. But if you follow me, that's great. If not, I'm just not going to do the return follows kind of thing. Because like you said, it's just too much you know yeah. too too much stuff and i already do that with the facebook and youtube and you know interacting with comments and instagram and i'm uh, like you no know, this is a quick 15 second maybe a 30 second video just to kind of show my face and say you know mention bow hunting soul if you want to learn more about this i've got a longer video on the channel you know that's kind of my 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 plan is to to do those kind of things you know like i yeah. i shot a video this morning about um but not this morning um whatever um I I put out a bunch of different stuff lately, right? Like how to string your bow, how to do this, how to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do like a quickie 15 second blurb on TikTok. Here's how to do it. I'll show you how to do it. But if you want to watch the longer, like the deeper whys and hows of all this stuff, go to Mm -hmm. the channel, you know, maybe I can drive some traffic that way. So that's kind of what my brain's thinking, but
1: yeah it's exhausting isn't it
0: <laughs> it is and, then you, and yeah. then you just then you're like you know what i'm just going to shoot this bow and then and, and you watch the arrow fly and you're happy unless it unless the arrow sucks and then you're not happy but then you try right. again so right that's the well, way it goes
1: i i appreciate the content you're putting out you're putting out so keep uh keep well, it thanks. coming and Keep uh, more uh, ASL stuff. I want to <laughs> see some more, some uh, more Pacific sticks.
0: I definitely will. I definitely will. So, all right, man. Um, appreciate you coming on. I know it's late for you, so I appreciate you doing that. But yeah, uh, of
1: course, no everybody knows where
0: me. to find you, right? You know, through the push and your your Tim Nebel on Instagram and all that stuff. And um, yeah, right.
1: Yep. Yep. We're we're pretty easy to get a hold of. So appreciate everybody's support and. uh yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. I had, had a good time. Want will have to do it again.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Um, so everybody, uh, make sure you subscribe, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. And uh, <clears throat> ratings. Everyone asked me how to do ratings. So like, I don't know how to do it on my phone. I don't know your phone. You're just going to have to go figure out how to leave a rating if you do. That's that's fantastic. Um, it really, really helps. And, of course, uh, like we were just talking about last 10 minutes here, you know, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, go check out all that content. really appreciate it. And uh, with that, I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks.